Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. We are in part four of a series that we are calling That's a Stretch. It's off of uh, the word that God has given me for the year for our church and for my life called stretch. And the idea of it, of it is that God is going to stretch us a little bit so that he can do something great through us. And so if you feel like you're in a season where you're being stretched and you've come to church and you hear some topics, you feel like you're being stretched, maybe, just maybe, that you're being stretched because God's pulling you back so that he can, hold on for just a second, he can shoot you forward. There we go. We got it. All right. I hope someone was paying attention because if not, that, that just went right into their eye. That's awesome right there. But I really feel like God is going to help change you this year and challenge you this year. And, and it starts with a good stretching. I told people that my, my calling for 2021 as your pastor is to comfort the afflicted. And I know there's a lot of people that are afflicted right now, so I'm here to comfort them. But it is also to afflict the comfortable. Can I hear a good amen? And there's a lot of people that are kind of comfortable that I'm trying to move you forward, stretch you a little bit. So we've been talking about some subjects that maybe you've never heard talked about before. Preached on fasting two weeks ago. I heard people tell me, they're like, I've never fasted before in my life. I'm starting right now. And I'm really believing you're going to experience a breakthrough. Stay strong this next week. It ends on Saturday. We're going to have donuts on Sunday to celebrate. To God be the glory for that. So we got our last week of prayer and fasting. Last week I talked to you about, man, there's some things in your life that they need a funeral. And give it a funeral and move on. I hope that was challenging to you. The topic that I'm going to talk about today is, is my struggle. It is the number one issue that I have in my life. I've had it for over uh, 15 years, and really it kind of, it was shown to me 15 years ago, so I'm going to take you back to 2005. I had just graduated uh, college. I had been given a job at a missions organization in the country of Sri Lanka, so I left everything to go over there. The country had just been devastated by that 2004 tsunami that went and killed tens of thousands of people. And this organization that I was hired at had uh, kids in their programs all over the island, about 5,000 kids. So they hired me to be a director, but also to oversee all of the teams that were coming from all over the world. So there was one time a lady came and she had a ministry where she was a clown. And so I had never seen of a clown ministry. I thought, no, this will be funny at least and so she said hey we're gonna we're gonna go on this tour around and so it was me and her and a couple other people we got in this van and we started going and we go project to project for multiple weeks around the island well at the same time that I'm doing this Katie and I we're dating, and so we were dating long distance, obviously. She was finishing up her final year at Southeastern, and I was um, overseas. And so what I'd do is I'd wake up every morning and grab my Razor flip phone. Come on, somebody. How many people remember the Razor flip phone? Like the, the OG of phones right there. So I remember I'd grab my Razor flip phone, and I'd look, and it was always like a good text message from Katie when I woke up. And so I was like, hey, good to see you and, and talk to you. And so I'd text her in the morning, and then we'd get in the car, and I'd go, I'm getting in the car now. And then we'd start driving. I'm driving now. You know the stupid things you do while you're dating. Like some of y'all have already done that. Like, we're in search right now. So I... I'm having these moments where, you know, Katie and I are, are texting back and forth. And so we'd get to a project. Me and the clown would get out. The clown would do her clowning business and she would do her stuff. And then I would come behind her and speak and, and I'd preach and the kids would, uh, so many of the kids would get saved. And so we did this three or four projects a day. 
So this, after multiple days, finally this, this lady, the, the clown, um, said something to me that challenged me. She said, Aaron, where are you at? And I said, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm like, I'm right here. I'm like, I'm, I'm right here with you. She's like, no, no, where are you at? So I was trying to follow along with her. I was like, well, I'm in the country of Sri Lanka. She said, no, 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 right now, where are you at? I was like, I'm in the vehicle. We're driving towards a project. She said, no, 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 Aaron, I've been with you this entire time. You're here, but you're not here. And then she gave me this quote that changed my life, and it's been my, my struggle, my fight for 15 years. I think it's going to be the stretch that God has for your life. It's a quote by a missionary by the name of Jim Elliott, and it's right there in your notes. It says it like this, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. Jim Elliott believed this so much. There was a group of mission uh, of, of people that he was trying to reach in Ecuador, the Aka Indians. And despite the fact that he had a wife and a new baby girl at home, he gave his life on that mission field, was speared to death because he was so focused on the assignment right in front of him. And I'm going to challenge you today on a subject that is probably a little bit intense for your life because there's a lot of you, even as I was walking around the service you're here but you're not here you're in that marriage but you're not in that marriage you're raising those kids but you're really not raising those kids you're experiencing worship today but you're not even worshiping today because you're here but you're not here I'm going to challenge you here's the title of today's message is simply the power of being present the power of being present there's a power of learning to be all in the moment that God has you in right now. Not thinking about yesterday, not thinking about tomorrow, not thinking about the Bucks game that's gonna happen this afternoon. We need to pray and intercede in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for raising up Tom Brady for such a time as this. <laughs> Tom, if you're watching, you're always welcome at Radiant Church <laughs> at six locations across Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we got to be all there. The stretch is, is that if you're not all there, you will never be the dad you're called to be, the spouse you're called to be, the friend you're called to be, the, the boss you're called to be, and really the Christian you're called to be. Write it down in your notes. The average person spends 46.9% of their time thinking about something other than what they're doing in the present moment. And you notice I didn't put 50% or maybe 50%. You know why I put 46.9? Because I need you to be all in that moment and write every one of those numbers down there. <laughs> we, we're, we're, in a, we're in a time where everything else has got our attention except for the assignment that God has right in front of us right now. Write it down in your notes. We are half present half the time. Think about that. And most of the time, our mind's not there. So you know what that means? Here's, here's the, the reality. The reality it means that we're just half alive. So you really only experience all, half of what God has for you to do. You only experience half of what you can experience in your family and half of what you can experience in your business. So I want to help you be fully alive. And the only way you can be fully alive is by learning to be fully present. And you can't do anything about tomorrow and you can't do anything about what happened yesterday. But you can experience all that God has for you right now in this moment. If you'll make a decision, God, stretch me to be wherever I'm at. Let me be all there. Can I hear a good amen today? It says it like this. Uh, Thomas Carlyle says, our grand business undoubtedly 
is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. Do you know what God has for you right now in this moment? I remember in December, we were away with the family. I was watching a movie um, on my iPad or something, and, and I don't even hear it in the distance. But in the distance, all that was going off was, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Now, if you're a parent, you know what that is. That's your kid just like, they don't even have anything important to say, but they're just daddy, daddy, daddy. So finally, my son Kai, who was doing this, climbs up on my lap and he feels like, daddy, daddy. And I'm really into this show. Like, and I'm focused like that. And he ends up grabbing my face and he moves my face off of the iPad onto him. And he's got me like this. He's like, daddy, 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 I need your attention for a second. I'm like, and I finally like snap out of it. I'm like, how is it that the most important person, one of the most important things in my life, is has to fight for my attention when this thing gets it so easily? Like, there's something wrong. There's something off. Katie and I, uh, we have five kids, so a date night is not the easiest thing to do. But uh, when we finally do get a date night in and we get out to go on a date, we, we, we find the struggle where we're looking at our phones and we find ourselves scrolling and we're like, this, the most important thing we do is invest in our marriage. Yet our tendency is that, man, to not be there. What if, just what if, the way the enemy wants to destroy you is not, it's not that it's going to look like a destruction, it's going to look more like distraction. Maybe just, maybe he knows the way to destroy your family is just to distract you enough to where you're really not the parent you are. Or you're, you're not the spouse you need to be, or you're not the boss you need to be, or you're not the leader you need to be. Maybe just, maybe he's trying to get you distracted from this message right here by just getting you off focus of what God has for you right here in this moment. I had this happen in my prayer times. I'll be down here, I'll pray, 6 a.m. prayers this last week. I'm praying, I'm seeking God, and then my mind starts. There was one week, I, I think it was at, I was at Heights for prayer at 6 a.m., and a fly was in the room. I'm telling you, I think it was the, it was the devil himself. Because I'm sitting there, I'm interceding for my children. I, I've got all these prayer cards that you guys filled out. I'm, I'm praying for these prayer cards, and then all of a sudden, 15 minutes, I'm watching this thing. I'm like, oh, it landed on a light. Ooh, is the light going to get him? Nope, the light didn't get him. Oh, he's going around this way. I'm like, it's hard. Like, I could be seeing miracles in my life, but I'm so distracted. I'm not where I need to be. Guess what? Imagine how hard my job is. For 30 minutes, I have to keep thousands of you guys focused on this one moment to try to hear a word from God. The world is at your fingertips. And I'm trying to like, hey, like, I'll do a funeral on stage. I'll do anything. <laughs> Just keep you focused for a little bit. All right. So we know the problem. We know the problem is that everything else has got our attention except for the thing at hand. So how do we fix it? I have good news for you today. And if you're new to Radiant, this is how we roll. How we roll is we find practical issues that we all have. And we solve them with biblical uh, solutions. So I don't have the solution. We're not going to come up with some good like self-help solution. We're going to look at God's word. And we look at God's word for God's solution. Because since he's our creator, he knows what's best. And he's got a good plan for us. So we're going to look at God's word today. And I'm going to show you the solution that God's given me. That I constantly go back to. To help me live in a way that wherever I'm at, I'm all there. Because there is power in being present. It was written by the Apostle Paul to a church in the church of a city called Ephesus. It's an up and coming, 
you know, a robust city with lots of growth. The church was thriving. They're having revival. They're launching campuses, probably six campuses in seven years. So they're very similar to Radiant Church. And the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Look how he says it. He says it like this in verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. You want to be all there? He tells us. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because, here's why, because the days are evil. And how many know he was talking about 2020 and 2021? Can I hear a good amen? They're evil days. So we have an opportunity in front of us. Then he says it like this. He says, therefore, don't be foolish, but you got to understand what the Lord's will is. And then he closes in the last verse. He says, now don't get drunk on wine. It's good advice which leads to debauchery. Some of you are like, I messed that one up really quickly already. (laughs) Instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. How do we live a life where we are always present at the moment and experiencing all that God has for us? Here's the things. Number one, write down your notes, is you gotta learn to give attention to your attention. Give attention to your attention. (laughs) There's so many times that our mind wanders. We start going off on a path that we have no clue what we're thinking about. And psychologists call it metacognition. Big word right there for you, okay? Just drop it into a conversation this week. Oh, you're talking about metacognition. Oh, yeah, people are going to think you're so smart. (laughs) Metacognition. Here's what metacognition means. It basically means think about what you're thinking about. So I'll tell you and prove to you that you've done this before where you haven't thought about what you thought about. How many, like me, have driven somewhere and got to the destination and had this moment where you go, I have no clue how I just got here. Anybody else? Like, like I, I've had a moment. Like, the other day, I drove across town. I got to it, and I go, I don't remember driving. I could have ran over a little puppy, and I would have had no clue at all. Like, I have no clue. I, I'm driving a machine that weighs thousands of pounds, and I have, my mind was not there. What is that? It's, it's a lack of metacognition. It's then not thinking about what you're thinking about. We all have this problem. There's moments our mind starts to wander. So the other day, I'm working on this message. I'm writing a message on being present. Real life story of Aaron Burke. While I'm writing the story, I'm thinking about Katie and I dating in 2005. And then I was like, how did we really like you know, uh, keep in touch with each other. That was before Facebook for us. And I was like, oh, that's when we both had MySpace. And then I thought, I wonder what's happening to MySpace. (laughs) So I go on a journey and I go on MySpace.com. I don't know if you've done this. MySpace.com still exists today. And I was like, well, I want to know, am I still one of her top eight? Don't you remember those days, the war of the top eight? If your friend, if you were mad at your friend, you'd remove him from the top eight, but wouldn't tell him that you're removing him from the top eight. So then they just find out and they go, why did you remove him? I'm glad you're ready to have this talk now. (laughs) Stupid Facebook world. I mean, uh, MySpace world. So I was there and I went on MySpace and I was like, well, I don't know how to log into my MySpace. I had to go and find my AOL email. Do y'all know AOL still exists out there? By the way, if you have an AOL email, update it. That's not an email that people use anymore, okay? So I, I had to go and find my AOL. Then I had to try to log into my AOL. Like, what is my favorite food? I'm like, I don't know. What was it with 16 years ago? <laughs> and then finally, 30 minutes down this journey, 
I start going, what am I thinking about right now? The whole message is the power of being present, Aaron. Be present. That's the idea. The idea is you got to think about, give attention to your attention. Here's how Paul said it, Ephesians 5, 15. Look how he tells us. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise. Unwise people just live without intentionality. They just go through life doing things the way they think they should do them. They're not paying attention to it. He says, but as wise. And then he says this phrase right here. Make the most of every opportunity. Because here's why. Because the days are evil. So I would suggest to you today, you can't recognize the opportunity if you're not in the moment right there. You can't recognize the opportunity to raise the kids. You can't recognize the, the opportunity you have in your marriage. You can't recognize the opportunity in your workplace if your mind is everywhere else. Here's what I firmly believe. Write it down your notes. Time is measured in minutes. But life is measured in moments. And how many of us are missing out on major moments? And I want to be your pastor for just a little bit. Those at St. Pete. Those at Brandon, at Heights, North Tampa, lean in for just a second. I've got to be your pastor. You're missing out on some great moments. You might be caught up on Netflix, but you're way behind in parenting. You might be caught up in so many different areas in the news, but you're so behind in your Bible reading plan. Make it a point to say, I'm going to pay attention to my attention so that I can live in what God has for me now, not what I'm trying to think of what's going to happen next. Come on, give God better praise than that today. I love this because Paul, the, the author of most of the New Testament, he was a go-getter just like you and I. He, he was always making things happen. Look how his train of thought, look how he, he has a moment of metacognition, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, he spe- he's writing to a group of people and he says, after I go through Macedonia, I'm going to come to you for I'll be going through Macedonia. And then he says this phrase, he says, perhaps I'm going to stay with you for a while. And they're probably like, okay. Then he says, or maybe even spend the winter. And they're like, oh, that's a little excessive there, Paul. (laughs) Overstay, you're welcome there. So that you can help me on my journey and wherever I go. He's having this moment talking about the future. And then he does what I talk about in this phrase. He gives attention to his attention and snaps back. And look what he says. He says, but, 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 but no, I'm going to stay here in Ephesus right now. Until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work has opened for me, and there are many that oppose me. He, he, he had this moment to say, it's great to dream about the future. I'm going to focus on what God has for me right now. So come and just encourage you, everybody's eyes up on me. Listen, I know there's great things that God has for your future. The best is yet to come. You will never experience the best of what God has for you next until you begin to own what God has for you right now in this moment. Begin to pay attention to what God has for you right in front of you. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. Here's number two. Number two, if you want to learn the power of being present, here's the second thing is you got to learn how to say no to some good things so that you can say yes to some God things. I'm gonna stretch you because some of you guys are saying yes to way too many things. No is a great word that you need to learn how to use and you need how to use it appropriately because what we're doing is we don't understand that we have a finite amount of yeses to give out. So when you give it out to some good things, I'm not even talking about sin, I'm talking about good things, you're, you're removing a yes from the God things that he wants you to do in your life. So here's how Paul addressed it in verse 17. He says, don't be foolish, but here's what you gotta do. You gotta understand what the Lord's will is. So I remember going to my pastor years ago, early in ministry, and I was so frustrated. I had so much on my plate. 
And I was so frustrated. I said, Pastor, I said, I am so overwhelmed. I got way too much to do. And I said this phrase. I was like, I, was like, I need you to pray for me because, because my plate is like overextended, over, I'm like, I've got too much on it. There's no way I can get it done. And then he looks right at me and he says, Aaron, that's because you're doing things outside of God's will. I said, well, that's mean and offensive right there. I said, I'm not, like, there's, it's not sin. I'm not doing anything. He goes, no, I didn't say you were doing anything that's, that's sinful. I said, he said, you're doing things outside of God's will. Because there's no way God would tell you to do things that he did not give you enough time to finish it. So if you feel like you have too much on your plate, it's probably because you are adding some good things in your life that are taking the place of some of the God things that he wanted to do in your life. Then he said this phrase, I'll never forget my pastor telling me this. He said, he said, God has given you all the time you need to do everything he asks you to do. So I have to learn how to give my best yes to what God wants to do with my life. So how do I know what do I give my yes to? Here's what I created, it's helped me. Yours might look a little bit different, but I would say you need to define it. I call it my, my circles of priority. So these, depending on how close they are to the middle, depend on what gets my best yes. So if two of them are competing, the one closer to the circle will get the better yes. We'll, get the, the, we'll always be able to trump the other ones on the outside. So the middle circle, it's my relationship with Jesus. I want you to know, that's the center of every single thing that I'm gonna do. Hey, he's get, listen, and that means when I'm praying, I'm fully there. I'm not on social media. I'm not responding to emails. I'm at 6 a.m. prayer. I'm seeking him. Why? Because I realize in life, if I can get this done well, guess what? Everything else is gonna prosper. The Bible says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You put God at the center of your marriage, things work out. God at the center of your, your family, things will work out. God at the center of your finances. He's the center. He has top priority of my life. My challenge for you is to see a top priority of your life. And you might say he does, but so many of us, if I looked at your calendar and I looked at your checkbook, I'd realize those things look very different than what you say your priorities are. Let's evaluate what's at the center of your life. And then, and then, some, then outside of that, my next ring or, or circle of priority is my family. So it's my kids. And I was in a meeting the other day with a guy in the church and super important, but, but my, my girls called me. I'm like, as important as this meeting is, their priority. I take the phone call. Like, they're the most important thing in my life. I love this church, but they're the most important thing in my life. My marriage is way more important than any church that I, that, that anything that I'm doing, because that's, that's the priority of my life. So it's going to get one of my best yeses in my life. For me, the next one would be my extended family or my friends right there. So I, I, this is my circle. You got to create yours, but you got to define what it is. Because if not, you're going to let a lot of things prioritize your life than what you want your values to be. Then the next one after that's my coworkers, my job, my boss, my, my leaders. Like they're very important to me, but they don't get my primary yes in my life. And then outside of that, by the way, is the rest of the world. It's the rest of the world. And, and by the way, I, I just want you to, to look at this circle, by the way. Every one of these, when I'm there, I'm all there. So I'm at work, I'm all at work. My mind is there. I'm praying that I would give my best yes to my work today, my best yes to my friends, my best yes to my family, best yes to Jesus. I'm gonna be all there. I wanna ask you a question. Which one does social media focus on? Come on, let's answer at every location. What is it? The world. So the thing that takes most of our time is giving most of our attention to the thing that's the least priority in all of our lives. 
And we wonder why we're suffering in all of these other places. Because you're giving your yes to things that don't matter. Here's what else is, is what I've realized. is that most of the time I have no problem telling them no and him no and even my friends no. But when it comes to my coworkers and when it comes to other people, I'm very easy to go, well, I just want to please everybody. You got to be very clear on who you're trying to please in your life. I realize a lot of people are very famous outside of their home and they're really, really hated inside. That's not the legacy I want to have. I want to live in such a way that those people who know me best respect me the most. So what do you do? You give them your best, you, you give them your best yes. You learn to say yes to some God things by saying no to some good things in your life. Write it down your notes this way. Many people are, are so busy climbing the ladder of success that they fail to realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. It's a great line right there. So Thinks there are some people, you're, 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 it doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have if your spouse hates you. It doesn't matter how, 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 how influential you are online or how many uh, uh, buildings you can build and how much your house is worth. None of that matters if the things that are closest in that circle, your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your friends, win with what matters most. And the only way you can do that is you gotta learn to say no to some things so that you can say yes to some God things in your life. Come on, give God better praise than that today, church. And I know, I, I know what it's like, because you're like me. We want to win at everything. We want to win at everything. We want to we be the best we can be at everything. But let me just tell you what Paul said. He said, don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Here's God's will. It's in your notes right there. God's will for your life is about being present. It's not about being perfect. So if you have this drive that I just have to be the best in every area, remove that. What God would rather for your life is you be present then you work on being perfect. Guess what? Your church doesn't need you to be perfect. You don't have to show up looking all nice. You can, you can be hungover from the night before smelling like alcohol. Guess what? We don't care. We just want you present. We want you showing up. We're in a place that you can belong well before you believe. We want you present. Guess what? Your kids, they don't need a perfect parent. They don't. There's no such thing. They need you present. They need you in the moment. They need you wrestling with them on the ground. They need a present parent with them. Your spouse, let me tell you, they don't need a perfect spouse spouse that they did they wouldn't marry you they wouldn't you know what they need they just need you to show up when you're in that time when you're in those moments wherever you are be all there say it with me again wherever you are be all there let's close it with this last verse verse 18 I hope you're learning something today getting stretched for 2021 verse 18 do not get drunk on wine. Wow, what good advice for everybody today. <laughs> Which leads to debauchery. Instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. What a great phrase right there. Let me tell you what this means. Paul is talking to a highly driven, highly producing group of people. These are the movers and shakers of Ephesus. And as he's writing them, he's saying, listen, you're going to be under some major pressure. And here's what your go-to is. When you're under all this pressure because you're trying to perform in all these ways, I know what you do. When you're under this pressure, here's what you do. You run to alcohol. And, and, and a lot of you guys do the same thing. Maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol. And for the, the, the audience of the day, they would run to alcohol and he'd say, listen, I know what you're trying to do because alcohol relieves the pressure. 
It takes the edge off. It, it makes you feel great. It just, it just helps you to kind of sustain the pressure. He says, but you're running to the wrong thing. He says, don't run to that. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here's what it is. Number three, you want to be present. You want to experience the power of being present. Then here's what you got to do. You got to release the pressure by relying on his presence. Relying on his presence. Understanding that you can't do it in your own strength. You will crumble under the pressure. You do it on your own, the result is burnout. You do it with God, the result is breakthrough. You can do it with God and you can experience the breakthrough that he has in your life. So, so for the audience of the day, it was alcohol. And I'll be real with you and honest with you, alcohols, that's not my thing. I've never had an issue with that. Maybe you do. We want to help you with that, get in a group. We want to help you with that. That's the way you deal with your pressure. But I'll tell you what my drug of choice is. I'll tell you the thing I've run to whenever I feel like I need to perform in every area and do everything that I'm called to do and make sure that I'm a success in every single thing that I do. When I'm under that pressure, here's what my drug of choice is. It's called busyness. I just get busy. Another word for it would be hustle. I just try to hustle because I'm trying to do a lot. Like in our world today, that's the natural thing. When we're up against a wall, we're going to hustle. We're going to move hard. And I want you to like think of the things that we're going through in our life. The world has been shaken up with the economy. I'm going to work harder. The election's crazy. I'm going to do even more. The pandemic, the racial issues. I, I, I should be further along than I am right now. The pressure's intense. And if the pressure of those things isn't enough, what about the pressure of the different roles you have? I think of the roles that I have. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a, I'm a friend. I'm, I'm an aspiring male model. Like I'm doing like, a, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Someone yelled out, that's a stretch. That's funny. That's, 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 that's mean right there. No, but seriously, like think about all the different roles you have. You're a business owner, you're a boss, you're an employee, you're a friend, you're, you're an author. You're, you have so many different things you're doing. You want to do well in all those things. And the pressure of that will kill you. It'll kill you of, i got to keep going. i got to work harder. I've got to work harder. And so what we do is, is you might not run to alcohol, but you run to busyness. And here's what busyness is. Busyness is a drug that numbs us from the pain or the regret that we would face if we slowed down. Can I just encourage some people today? Like the only way you can be all there is to just remove some of the busyness from your life. And sadly, this is what we celebrate in our culture today. How are you doing? I'm busy. How are you? Busy, busy, busier than yet. Busy, 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 busy. Like that's the celebration of our world today. Like imagine, imagine if we ran into someone at Radiant Church. How are you doing? doing pretty well. I'm living within my margin based on the difficult choices that I've used to rein in my metacognition and to say no to some good things so I can say yes to some God things. That's how I'm doing today. People are like, this guy's creepy. Like, but we realize is when we don't slow down and we don't pause and recognize the moments and the opportunities God's put in front of us, we're always thinking about what's next then we've actually taken our, hand, our life in our own hands. And so then what we call that is we call it hustle. And here's what hustle is, last notes and we're done. Hustle is just the best I can do. It's the best I can do in my marriage. It's the best I can do in, 
and building the church is the best I can do in my devotion life. It's just the best, the best, the best. I can make it happen. I can build this thing. I can expand. I can break this sales record. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And Paul says, listen, listen, don't do that. Don't run to those things. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what a Holy Spirit infilled person is. They experience the best that God can do. And that's what I want in my life. I want to have a moment where I can just pause and say, you know what, I'm going to release the pressure and I'm going to be filled with his presence. And when you release the pressure and you get filled with his presence, you plus God equals a better parent. You plus God equals a better boss. You plus God equals a better spouse. You plus God equals a better Christian. I'm telling you, if you will give space for God in your life, you'll be all there. Watch how he will fill you with his presence and release the pressure off of your life. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet at every location. Those at the Heights, those at South Tampa here, those that are at North Tampa, at Brandon. Since St. Petersburg online, I really feel like this is a word from God from somebody. You're not all there because you just feel like you have so much pressure on your life. You've just got to, you got to do so many things for so many people, you can't even focus on this moment. So here's what I did. I, I've ended a few minutes early because I'm believing there's going to be a moment right now where you release the pressure, you give control of your life back over to God, and you receive his presence in this moment. Release the pressure, receive his presence. Release control and let God take control. Release the burnout receive the breakthrough in this moment across every location. I believe some of y'all are gonna be set free. And I'm telling you, it's not gonna happen because you're gonna think about tomorrow or you're gonna be thinking about next week. It's gonna be because you're gonna be all in on this moment saying, God, I want you to, I wanna experience your presence. I wanna release that pressure, that pressure to perform, that pressure to make everybody happy. Lord, I'm gonna release that pressure of, of the validation of people. Lord, I'm releasing all of that. And I put my hope in a living God who came, who died for me, who lived, Lord, and rose from the grave, and now who gave me his spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that now lives inside of me. Lord, fill us with that spirit today. Let us experience the release of the pressure and an infilling of the spirit across every location. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, let's sing it out. Let's take a moment and release the pressure to him. Come on. God is going to do the miracles in some people's lives. 
I really felt like there were some people you just felt like you were under intense pressure. Intense pressure to say yes to everybody. Intense pressure for finally validation from everybody else, from being busy. Release the pressure. Why don't you do me a favor right there where you're sitting, just, just as an act of worship, just hold your hands right up like this, like you're carrying a load, a load of pressure, a load of feeling like I gotta perform, a load of got, I've got so much to carry. And then we're gonna do something. We're gonna, we're gonna release it to the Lord in just a second. We're gonna release the pressure and we're gonna receive his presence. And we're gonna receive it. I'm believing you're gonna walk out of every one of those locations and filled with God's power. His power for you to be a better spouse. His power for you to be better um, in your workplace. His power for you to, to accomplish those sales goals. You can't do it on your own, but he can give you the power. So take those things in your hand and in just a second, we're gonna flip our hands over just like this. We're gonna release them to God. Lord, you see what we're carrying. You see the pressure that this world has thrown at us, that friends have thrown at us, that family, that coworkers. Lord, we wanna, we wanna be wherever we are, we wanna be all there. And right now in this moment, we wanna be here engaged in the fact that you're gonna fill us with power and your presence to do everything you've called us to do. So now we take those things and we release them to you. Come on, flip those hands right over. We release them to you, God. We release them to you. And now we believe right now you're filling us with your spirit and your power to do whatever you've called us to do. Now pray this prayer. Say, God, help me. Help me to be all present at all moments to experience all that you have for me. In Jesus' name. One last group of people with every eye closed, every head bowed. It's people that don't have a relationship with God. You came into one of our locations today. You don't have that relationship. I want you to know that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross for your sins and for mine. There's not enough hustle, not enough hard work that can get you into heaven. We only have an entry into heaven, an entry into relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. So this is your moment. It's your moment of faith to say, today is my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm turning over the reins of my life over to him. I'm giving control of my life over to him. And if that's you across all of our locations, this could be the most defining moment of your life where you say, yeah, I'm going all in with Jesus. I've been playing games. I've been back and forth. But today's my day of salvation. It's my day where I'm giving my life to Christ. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to wave it at me and put it right back down at all of our locations. Ready? One, two, three. Throw those hands up all over. I know they're all happening all over this room, all over St. Pete and Brandon, North Tampa, Heights, those online. Make sure you click that button right there. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. For the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate all those who made the next decision ever? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.